No, so look, th- this song is it's ear candy, right? So it's it's bad for you. It's you should be mindful of how much of this you consume. You may or may not get diabetes. Um, <laughs> Welcome to a very special bonus episode of 1001 Album Complaints. It is, as you probably guessed from our intro, Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everybody. And we decided to do a little special episode. Normally, we pick an album, we all listen to it, we analyze it, talk about it uh, as old friends and musicians. Uh, But instead, this week, we all came together and chose some of our own personal guilty pleasures. We put them on a playlist just today. And each of us listened to that playlist and heard each other's guilty pleasure songs for the first time. And laughed. And laughed laughed uproariously. (laughs) And laughed uproariously. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, we didn't really super well define what what guilty pleasure meant. It's it's just just a term we threw out there. So maybe each person has a slightly different definition. But we thought in this little bonus episode, we'd we'd run through some of the songs that we came up with individually on this playlist. And we should mention, too, there's there's four of us here today. We'll all get introduced uh, very shortly uh, by way of the songs that we chose. And Phil, who chose some Guilty Pleasure songs, he's, he's not here currently. So we're going to take the liberty of speaking for him and then talking shit on the songs he chose <laughs> when those songs arise. I hope everyone's... Oh, I can't wait. Okay. Hi, I don't even I'm know what the songs Phil. are, but I'm ready to talk shit on Phil's <laughs> selections. Great. So I don't know whose songs are which either, but the way this is going to work is I'm going to run through the playlist one at a time. Someone's going to claim that song, speak a little bit to why you put it on that pl- on our Guilty Pleasures playlist, and then we'll have a little commentary before we move on to the next song. And of course, you can access this playlist in the comments of the episode. So hope you enjoyed this little bonus. Let's get started. The first song on the 1001 Album Complaints Guilty Pleasures playlist is I Want It That Way. By the Backstreet Boys. As if anyone needs that. (laughs) (laughs) You are my fire, the one desire. Believe when I say I want it that way. Who's claiming this one? This is mine. This is Adam, and I love this song. This is a karaoke go-to. It's got everything. Chorus on acoustic guitars, lyrics that mean nothing, a generic 
key change and the super chorus. It's got all this stuff that is <laughs> is terrible about uh, and predictable about pop music, but oh my God, is it good. The harmonies, everything about it. It is pop perfection. This was written in, uh, there's a, a team of writers in Sweden that helped do Ace of Bass and some of those early 90s pop hits. The Backstreet Boys went over to Sweden for this album and it shows because this is super pop and super perfect. I didn't know that because a lot of the, I know about those Swedish guys. One of them's named Max Martin. I think another guy's called Dr. Luke, right? And it's a whole like collective over there. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't right. know they actually brought artists over there to Sweden to get the full pop effect. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, no, we're not sending you the song. You must come over here. I would say the <laughs> lyrics sound like they're written by somebody who doesn't speak English as their first language. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> But this is a this is a good song. Like this totally. this is a legitimately good song. I feel like you probably feel uncool listening to this song, but it's a good song. There's no denying. It's well constructed. I I think as part of this episode, I'm going to release that uh that shame I roll feel. Roll the windows down, this. baby. It's so like, roll them down. Yes, this yeah. is now get to the demons here. Exercise <laughs> getting rid of that Catholic guilt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's well, taken a while. But it's going to go out the window along with this song. I agree. The melody is undeniable. And I always like songs with multiple singers trading lines. It reminds me of friendship for some reason. It always gives me a warm feeling. I find that the thing that's the most telling about this is that I didn't listen to this song at all before I heard it on the playlist today. And I immediately was like singing along, no problem. And that's a sign of a that's a sign of a damn good and damn catchy song. It's been twelve years since I've heard that or something. It's like, no, I'm right in there. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a smash hit for a reason. Yeah. To be clear, I could do without the extraneous little yeah lines and the the wah yeah. piano Tell hits and stuff. Me why. Mm-hmm. No, that no, that's fine. I'm fine with that. There's, I would say, there's even some song craft in here. I mean, Adam kind of implied it, but there's a couple little interesting changes or how they get to the bridge, things like that. So the bridge, yeah, the transition into the bridge, they go minor. It's really nice. It's just tasty, and it gets you there, and not doesn't feel forced. Great, I'm glad we all agree there's nothing to feel guilty about, guys. Right. We can just be smooth sailing for the rest of this podcast. I certainly <laughs> Oh, of <hope>. course. <laughs> I'm assuming we're losing whatever street cred we had minute by minute. <laughs> Which was zero. Yeah, honestly, we haven't gotten to the bad ones yet. Right, you, right. There's there's some real bad ones. <laughs> Next up, we're going to stay in a somewhat similar vein and go with Call Me Maybe Let's by Carly Rae Jepsen. Let's play a little, as if you needed to hear this song as well, but we'll play some. <laughs> Okay, let, 
Let me first just start. <laughs> <Hey, laughs> <Alan>. It's you. <laughs> My definition of guilty pleasure is a song that you would be embarrassed if somebody saw you listening Wait, to. Wait, saw you listening to, Alan, or dancing in your kitchen? <laughs> this blip. <laughs> In your underwear, in your probably. Underwear. Like, yeah. <laughs> With socks on. I mean, look, hey, that's uh, if if the spirit moves, right? <laughs> no, so look, th- this song is it's ear candy, right? So it's it's bad for you. It's be mindful of how much of this you consume. You may or may not get diabetes. <laughs> But it is addictive. It is absolutely addictive. And look, it's an insanely well-crafted song. If you strip away all of the the pop, and it, it sounds like, look, somebody probably made this in a lab coat somewhere. I get that. But, you know, gummy bears are made in a lab too, and they fucking taste great. <laughs> but if you strip the song down, the instrumentation is excellent. There's counter melody. I'm telling you, there's We believe you, Alan. You're trying to... Stop spelling. You sold us already, man. I love... Well, look, I'm coming in hot here. I love this song. Alan, I'm going to take some heat off you. I love this song. My only thought was you just said you could strip away something. There's maybe seven or eight seconds that are verse, and then they literally play the chorus for nine or 12 like repeats of the chorus. That's the entire song is just the chorus. There's like maybe 12 seconds of verse one, which... Which sounds like There's a country a song. It sound, I thought it was maybe Taylor Swift doing a country thing. And then the chorus comes in, and it yes, it is it is amazing. It's like a drug. I could listen to that chorus. I complain, but I could listen to that chorus for an hour. I, I think it's a well-made pop song as well with great melody, and I do like pop music. My complaint about it is the production it sounds like it was made to cut through in a Applebee's, like a super loud... <laughs> family restaurant like it's it's aggressive you know oh it's definitely aggressive it, it's actually and the more i like kind of listen to this and try to figure out the finer points it's excessive there's excessive instrumentation in there like i mean there's got to be like if you looked at the source material there's there's got to be you know 20 something tracks on here but it's a fucking great song and you know if you play this on acoustic guitar i guarantee it would sound great you guys are going to think I'm crazy. So the the strings in this song, dun, 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 right? They're very choppy. They're very hitty. It reminded me of In the Club, that 50 Cent song where it's like, dung, dung, gung. And there's something about stabby, choppy, big strings that they uh, span genres that I loved about this. Well, I'd rather listen to this song than that one. So that's... <laughs> in a- in the club's not a bad song, but um, awesome. one one comment I will make about this song that I think shows why you are right. It's a great song. I remember I was watching the news one morning, and literally former Secretary of State Colin Powell was like singing this song, the chorus to this song, like on a morning show. Somebody Actually, like brought like it, it up, and he was like, <laughs> "I just met you, and this is crazy." Like you're fucking Colin Powell, but you know this. All right, it's got there. It's it is ubiquitous. Mission accomplished. Yeah, it's like I'm dropping bombs over Baghdad. And then <laughs> Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, well, this has been a treat thus far. We're gonna switch gears just a little bit. Although I think there's a theme developing here, and we're gonna go with a Billy Joel song, "The River of Dreams." Do I have to claim this one before we play it? <laughs> Can, can I wait as long as possible to claim this one? Ooh, 
Listen, Alan, you brought up the criteria. I kind of wholeheartedly disagree with your criteria for a guilty pleasure. I mean, you, you like Billy Joel, so you would. Coming in hot, as usual. Tom's got some spicy stuff. So, no, this is my this is my criteria, right? Like, I was going to put, like, there's that Katy Perry song, Roar. That's a great song. That's just a song that, like, I would feel uncool listening to, but it is an objectively good song. I picked two songs that I like but objectively know they suck like there's not anything really interesting about them there's not anything cool about them they're lame i just for whatever reason i have like a nostalgia thing in there this came out in 1993 my mom bought the cassette tape of it when it first came out and i listened to it a whole bunch in the house and yeah it's it sucks i know it sucks but i really like it well, this is kind of, this kind of explains it a little bit for me, but yeah. First, let's start with the album cover. I didn't need an image of shirtless Billy oh. Joel in my mind <laughs> ever. This is what happens when you let your girlfriend make your album cover. I think it was Christy Brink. Was he dating Christy Brinkley back? Oh, was in the that day? still going on? Because this is we're into oh, the mid nineties yeah. here, right? Yeah, but it was. Yeah, I God remember damn, did that guy punch above his weight class. <laughs> I feel like they broke up when he brought another supermodel home while she was at while she was home. He thought she was gonna be out of town. He like came home with like Elle McPherson and Christy Brinkley's like, what the hell, man? He's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm five three and really ugly, but yeah. <laughs> but you can make my album cover. Which is why it looks like it was written by like a, you know, an eleven year old. I also think just a note that you're it's several years behind the whole Paul Simon, Lady Smith, Black Mombazo, background singer, African vibe. Like a little, oh, I a totally picked that curve. Like, he was just like, um, is there any way they can sound blacker? Can we make them sound blacker? I don't know. They Billy, just don't, that's, they don't that's not the way this enough. works, Billy. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Look, he's from New York, okay? He's, right? he's yeah, from he's Long gone. Island, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> On Long I, Island. I will have to say, I think the bass in this song is tuned super low. I think the lowest note might be like a drop C because the bass is super deep on this song. If you go and listen to it, which I wonder Tom, if it's synth bass. Like you. I, I didn't listen to it that closely. I've listened to this album a hundred times. It's a nostalgia thing. Same thing. It might have been one of the first CDs I got as a 12 year old. Which was like an okay thing for my my parents let me listen to it. Oh, here's Billy Joel. Listen to it, and I played the hell out of this album. Would you like to listen to the lamest Billy Joel album yet? <laughs> and I love it. I thought you were gonna say the bass was good on this for a second. It's like it's not good. The bass even oh, sucks. No. It's not good. Bass. It's it's just really low. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. It's from like this telling a singer they're great because their hairs. Yeah, their hair. Man, these lights make these guys sound great. <laughs> Well, we release you from your guilt, Tom. Okay, next up we have Runaway Train by Soulicide. Call you up in the middle of the night 
Okay, I'm claiming this one. I Listen, I interpreted this more as Alan did, which is it's stuff that I genuinely like and think is good, but I can't quite square with the rest of my taste, and I would think it was uncool to pull up to that stoplight with the windows down and be listening to it loudly. I would roll the windows up. And yet, I love it. I love maudlin, angsty songs like this that have simple chords and simple melodies. The lyrics are pretty ridiculous. Can you help me remember how to smile? Is one of my favorite bad lyrics yeah. in the song. <laughs> like a madman laughing <laughs> at the rain is another one. That it, oh, that little terrible, that like little right. breakdown where they kind of cut it all down to just the drum beat. He's like, but a ticket for a runaway train. <laughs> By the way, the dumbest bass fill I've ever heard. Do 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 do. Like they were supposed to make a note to, to re-record that part later. He's like, I'll just throw in a filler one. We'll fix it. We'll fix it in post. No. How dare you? It has tasteful harmonies <laughs> and a simple melody that works. No, I'm talking about that bass fill specifically. Like they were just like, Have you come up with a bass fill yet? Oh shit. No, I didn't come up with one. I'm just gonna do something real simple. We'll fix Bookmark it later. That. I swear I'll come up with something. <laughs> I love this tune. This is the this is the soundtrack to my teens. My only real criticism, aside from your lyrics, is that the where the the solo would go. It's like the guy, like the the engineer, like fell asleep and accidentally hit mute. So it's just the <laughs> chord. It's just the verse right. with nothing different. Because right. like, it was uncool yeah. in some bands to have solos. There's like no to shred a solo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I remember back in the day. Well, first of all, I was a little surprised to see this on the list because it's it's a it's a little lame. But I really did like this growing up, and maybe that's just you know when you're 14, the music you like is kind of lame. But like. It's a good song. It's, I don't know. I remember MTV always made a big deal about how they were bouncing around bars for like 13 years before they finally made it big. That was sort of like their narrative. And it's like, well, maybe they weren't that good. If they <laughs> yeah. Were. I was going to say, they made it small real fast after this one came out. They did not have a whole Brave lot of Brave Dancers Union is a classic <laughs> album of the 90s. I will stand by that. That I agree with. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe I should have picked a later uh, pop song. I like plenty of those, too. All right, let's move it right along. The next one on the list is Desperado. Let's play a few notes of that one.
desperado Why don't you come to your senses You've been out riding fences For so long now Oh, you're a hard one But I know that you got your reasons These things that are pleasing you Anyone claiming this one, or is this a Phil pick? It's a Phil pick. I mean, I think it's just a Phil kidding. Pick. I already yeah, knew it was Phil pick because I've known Phil for <laughs> twenty plus years. Yeah, how is this a guilty pleasure? This is just a good song. If there's one song that, like, if I put myself in the right mood, that I can cry to, it's Desperado every time. If I need a good cry, I'm putting on Desperado in a dark room and just getting it out. Don't your feet get cold <laughs> in the wintertime, Adam? Oh, so good. It's a great song. I will never not associate it with the maestro from Seinfeld. If you guys ever saw that. (laughs) We're like, that's a song that he makes Elaine like stop talking when it comes on. (laughs) Staring into nothingness. Yeah. So I'm I'm actually surprised at how unfamiliar with this song I am. I know it's extremely popular. I've obviously heard it before and I remember the Seinfeld episode, but I think I listened to it five times today. Just to try to get more familiar with it. I don't think I've heard it more than a handful of times in my life. I don't know how I missed it all these years. And I think it's a great song. I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. Yeah, I've done the song in karaoke tons of times. It's really good. It's got great lyrics, too. Uh, you and know, it's an eagle song. The, the, diamonds. the backup harmonies are just ridiculous. The strings coming in. Plenty yeah. of better embarrassing eagle songs. All she wants to do is dance yeah. comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's that's <laughs> isn't that, Don, a, that Don was Henley. Don Henley solo. Oh, yeah. so, that was right, Don so, yeah. In a New York minute. <laughs> Which has the greatest bridge I've ever heard in my life. But anyway. Okay. Are we so Phil was just misunderstood our challenge then. That's what I'm getting right. from this. That's fine. <laughs> Phil will insert Desperado into any list of anything. <laughs> yeah, he kind of played his hand because he's literally mentioned it once every six months for our entire relationship, at least. Right? <laughs> oh, no, he has definitely mentioned that he thinks like Mega should cover Desperado, which I don't quite agree with. But he's not here to defend himself, so I'll leave him alone. It's not a good bar song. Okay. All right, we're going to move right along here to... Smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas. Is that who this is? <laughs> is that who? Who, who it picked is? this one? Who picked this you one? Know, I, I just know. wanted to make sure I got the artist listing correct. They didn't form a super group or something. Have a different name. Sorry, I had to consult the list. Wait, were you going to ask if this is actually Matchbox Twenty? No, I knew. Of course, I know the tune. Let's play the song again. You can't have not heard. I was legit angry at whoever picked this song. <laughs> like I was legitimately angry. I was like, I cannot believe I have to listen to this again. I, this was out of my life. This was gone. Wait, it was done. You didn't have to listen to it again. You, 
What, you think I'm going to half-ass this? Come on. You think that's going to inform your understanding of this song? It's, no. I, clearly, I claim this. This song has no business being good. I think we can all agree <laughs> to that. It's not good. <laughs> no, it's good, but it, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be good. You, you got like aging, washed up guitar god who's trying to be relevant, so he wants to make a collaboration album with anyone who's hot at that time. <laughs> Puts together a sick Latin band and for whatever reason decides or the producer decided that the guy from Matchbox 20 should be involved in this. But this song fucking bangs. I don't care. I, like <laughs> if you if if you this said this was so by somebody other than the guy from Matchbox 20, you'd be like, "Yeah, it's fucking great." It's meticulously recorded. The guitar slays, and the vocals are actually really good on it. It's mm, a great. Hold on. It's it's a. You can tell they you tell they worked on the tone of that guitar a whole lot to really want to mix it up from that Santana. Sound. Well, it's Santana. I mean, <laughs> I think that I'll, I'll defend a little bit of it, which is the guitar riff is undeniable. It's a catchy riff. It's a good riff from an aging rock star. Agreed, and the band sounds pretty decent, but the vocals are are in my opinion terrible. And that, that's what make it unlistenable. They change the vocal filter between the verse and the chorus. And then what's the deal with him claiming that he's like from the barrio? There's no chance that Rob Thomas <laughs> is from the barrio, right? <laughs> Do you actually think he wrote the lyrics to this? <laughs> well, it's just like the ocean under the moon. I was never I, hate, I, hate I was voice. never able to divorce this song from La Vida Loca. I think they might have come out in the same week and in my head they should have just taken Ricky Martin and put him as the singer and it would have at least had a semblance of making sense. Some authenticity. Well, that's what's right. funny is if you watch like speaking of authenticity or lack thereof, th- what makes us the most guilty of anything is is have you ever seen the video? It's like this Latin block party and then Rob Super Thomas with hysteria. a fucking cowboy hat on. <laughs> Does he have like a hula shirt on too? And he's kind of like dancing. Oh around. no. Yeah. But I don't give a shit. This song slays and fuck you all. <laughs> Alan, I'm not, re- I'm not releasing you from, of your guilt from this one. This song I don't give a shit. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Getting into the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Congratulations. You all have a front row seat to the disillusion of this friendship. <laughs> Next week, it's just three people. What the hell happened? Okay. Let's, let's move it along to a song that might not be as drilled into your head. I Dreamed a Dream from Les Mis, the Broadway musical sung by one Patty Lupone. Let's play a little clip of that. I dreamed a dream in time gone by When hope was high and life worth living
Okay, this one's mine, guys. This is my this is my song to cry to, just to be fully honest with you. <laughs> it's super sentimental. It's a torch song. I I'm just hung up on really sentimental melodies, and I I want to say first off that. It's because I'm not, my taste doesn't often intersect with Broadway, just being honest. I have a lot of respect for Broadway, but I'm a little embarrassed when I do like it. And some of it does still feel corny to me. I don't know a ton of it is the truth of it, right? But I love Les Miserables, the musical, and and a few others. And just the ambition, the blind, crazy ambition of saying, like, I'm going to take this super massive French novel and craft a Broadway musical out of it in two acts is both a terrible idea and a hilarious idea just at the start. And I think it works. I think it works. So the melody soars. It's depressing as hell. I'm standing by it. One of the saddest songs I've ever heard. And I thought I had heard this song, but I realized what I had only heard was like the first two seconds. Because usually it's, I dreamed a dream. And then I hit oh, next. Yeah, yeah. So I've only ever you gotta heard, listen like, to it. You're right. First, the clip doesn't the first couple the clip words. doesn't do it justice because the melody is it's one of these building melodies that really soars. And it, I'll just say maybe for some context, when you if you do want to go listen to it, that the story is this woman who had a child out of wedlock, had her innocence sort of taken by some random you know some guy who left her with a kid. Now she's poor and she's descending even deeper into poverty, selling her hair, her jewelry, and eventually her front teeth as she descends into prostitution. And then dies. The Loretta Lynn story. <laughs> so it's a huge bummer. <laughs> that does sound quite sad. This this is a this is just a very well written song. As basically all Broadway songs are, like again written by professionals. You can tell um, this one works. You are telling well. a story yeah. to progress a narrative, right? Yeah, I dug it. Good song. Yeah, Good great song. Around. I mean, I I you know, I'm not sure if it's like my definition of guilty pleasure because I do think it's like a, a truly good song. Not that I don't think, you know, Santana and Rob Thomas. <laughs> Clearly song. same level, same level, you know, to put them in the same sentence, I think is fair. Again, my, my metric was stoplight blasting on my own. Am I embarrassed? <laughs> okay. I guess we'll move it right along. The next song I have here is, uh, all I want to do is have some fun by Cheryl Crow. Let's play a little clip of that. to guess that this is Phil's song, but is someone else going to claim this one? No. This has to be a Phil. That's I've heard a him Phil. also talk about this song 
Phil can't not express, you know, all his opinions about various songs. So like, it's, <laughs> he's a little transparent that way. Okay, does someone want to pretend to be Phil and explain why this is on the list? Hang on, let let, let me be Phil. So I think uh, <laughs> that. <laughs> Sorry. No, I would say this. I think it, I think that it blends that like country sensibility with pop in a way that um, was. You know, in the early 90s, pretty still new and kind of cutting edge. I mean, they had the achy, breaky heart crossover into mainstream popularity, but that started as country and then became popular as a pop song. I think this is the pop song that kind of tried to be a little countrified and, you know, bringing it back to maybe the 70s sound that the Eagles had brought to the table. Look, I'm happy to absolve Phil of his guilt in abstentia, but this is my... This is the worst song on this. Well, actually, no. Sorry, we're going to talk about one more. <laughs> this this is really low on my list. I don't for a radio hit that I was on and when I was in high school. I don't like it. The sing talking stream of consciousness words just feels really dashed off to me. <laughs> feels really cookie cutter. There's a guy at the bar and his name's Bob and he's walking down the street. Like, and he ate a right. I feel like people make fun of people like Bruce Springsteen for doing stuff. He he almost never does that. But then you do something like this. Anyway. Well, what's funny is I, I don't. This is definitely not the Cheryl Crow song I would put in this. I do think that that would constitute a guilty pleasure, but for me, yeah, this one it, it doesn't. It's just kind of there. I did have a gigantic crush on Cheryl Crow back in the day. Oh, just yeah. maybe that's coloring Phil's like. That's why he's guilty about liking this song, dredging up, uh, you know, some teenage uh, MTV uh, daydreams. It's funny, you know, you'd think that basically all that we do on this podcast is, like, talk shit on people who aren't here. And yet, when Phil's not here, I'm finding it harder to talk shit on him than I would think that it should be. You know? <laughs> so sad. We, we should also be clear, if any of you out there like these songs, like, truly, we, we mean no disrespect or, you know, insult. Yeah, Just yeah, things that maybe aren't in our wheelhouse. <laughs> For all you Rob Thomas I think fans. All, I think all the songs so far are actually pretty good. They're, well, minus Agreed. the Billy Joel song, but that was, a, yeah. I mean, that's not, not his hey. best work. <laughs> not even my song. It's catchy. It's I catchy. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure. Right. All right. We can, we can, okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's continue along our, our path here, I think. Next song on the list is called Into the Unknown by Panic at the Disco. Let's play a little snippet of that. You're not a voice. You're just a ringing in my ear And if I heard you, which I don't I'm smoking for, I fear Everyone I've ever thought was here within these walls I'm sorry, secret siren, but I'm blocking out your calls I've had my adventure, I don't need something new I'm afraid of what I'm risking if I follow you into the unknown This is Adam. I'll own up to that one. It's a Disney song. I saw Frozen 2 in the theater. Jealous. And as the movie was ending, this song is is sang by Elsa in the movie. At the very end, they have this rock version. And as we stood up to leave the theater, that opening note comes in. And I turned around and stared at the screen. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, who is that? I am a sucker for big, operatic, 80s metal singing 
this has got a ton of it. I know it's hyper-produced. It's as produced as a Broadway musical. I mean, it basically is. It's very Broadway. And uh, yeah, and it just, it it friggin' rocks, man. This dude, this, the singer is named Brendan Yuri, and he's a friggin' beast. I agree. The dude can definitely sing. I'm, I was expecting this to be your pick, Adam, but I'm a little surprised to hear you hadn't heard of this band, because he is the band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know of Panic at the Disco. We I actually covered one of their songs back in the day. Got it, got it. But it was not a song that featured his vocals to this extent. So flash forward, whatever, it's 15 years, and he hits this one. And it So was did just, he write uh, this song, or was he doing a cover of it? He just, yeah, they just pulled him in. And I think the new thing at Disney is that they have like the main song in the movie sung by the characters, and then, and the then they pick the a pop artist to do a version at the end of the credits. And this one just... Hey, everybody. Phil is here. Hi, Phil. Hey, what's up, guys? We're, we're already most of the way through the list here, Phil. We've already talked shit on both your songs, so you'll have a chance <laughs> momentarily to <laughs> respond. But right now we're talking about Into the Unknown by Panic at the Disco. Any thoughts on that one, Phil? I actually don't know that song. Yes, because you don't have daughters. It's from Frozen 2. Right. <laughs> I have seen Frozen 2, but yes, it did not make a uh, impact on my household. In fact, one of my children hostily hates Frozen 1. Ah, uh, right. So, <laughs> Henry? If although you, I think he's just being difficult. If you walk past <laughs> my house on any random day, you may actually hear me trying to hit these notes from the kitchen. <laughs> so, that's Dude, not, those uh, movies are you, no joke. Anyone who's seen Moana, well, that soundtrack's fucking great. Yo, if we're talking about children's movie soundtracks, I think that the reprise of Everything is Awesome at the end of the Lego Movie 2 is so powerful (laughs) that it is worth watching Lego Movie 1 and Lego Movie 2. (laughs) Where's it on the list, man? Where is it on the list? Seriously. I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not really listening to. You're not guilty. You'll feel guilty about that. (laughs) I'm not not listening to Lego Movie 2 soundtrack in my spare time. Well, listeners, you have your. Truly living. (laughs) Adam, I'm just I'm just cracking up about the fact that you are singing this Frozen 2 song in your kitchen. Are you actively trying to get your kids to hate it? Is that what you're trying to do? Like, <laughs> get it to the point where it's like, I don't want to hear it anymore, Dad. You've ruined it. Like, trying to get them to hate me. Because you know, so. if that works, I might, I might have to try that with my daughter myself. <laughs> I'll sing along to it every time it comes on. Hold on. Just flashing back to Adam's experience of this song originally, he said the, the first note made him stop in his tracks, but then he has that second note where you're like, I'm feeling uncomfortable for you, like your head's going to explode. <laughs> and then there's a third note. Yes. And it keeps it, going. In it that. keeps going. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to this one. He really... I, <laughs> I definitely was like, I cannot believe that this is a dude. This is insane <laughs> to me. Uh, my wife actually went to see him last a uh, couple years ago and she said it was a great show and he had like a grand piano suspended like out over the audience on a platform <laughs> he was playing and stuff that's awesome yeah it def- anyway i thought it kind of fit with les mis because it sounds a lot like broadway i agree that's kind of this guy's style he certainly kills as a singer it's a yeah it's a little goofy but right undeniably a great singer okay i think Phil, do you want to respond? We already, like I said, we brought up Desperado, and all I want to do is have yeah. some fun. Do you want to explain yourself sure. at all? We already gave our yeah, commentary. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll start with the easy one, right, which is uh, Desperado. Uh, Desperado is the greatest song of all time. It's better than yesterday. <laughs> it's the best song on paper. It's the best performed song. It's the best recorded song. It's the best. 
So, I mean, I don't really know that there's much more to unpack besides that. Well, why are you? Why do you feel guilty about it then? Yeah, that's what we focused on, Phil. Is why do you feel well, guilty? We all agree uh, it's yeah, a good why song. Why do I feel guilty? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I feel guilty about it because the Big Lebowski imprinted on me so hard that I feel guilty and shameful admitting that I like the Eagles, even though I really, really like the Eagles. <laughs> so, yeah, Jeff so Bridges a- made you feel bad about it. Yeah, you know what? It was probably uh-huh. playing that Lebowski. Like embarrassed. Even. It was playing that Lebowski <laughs> drinking game in college, where you have to drink every time Walter, would, every time somebody would say "fuck," and like by the time you would get to the part where they were talking about the Eagles, you were like hammered, and so it's just like it just gets into there subliminally. <laughs> by the way, I think it says "fuck" like two hundred and fifty-four times. Jesus, might, might not be a precise number, but it is in. The I room. am part of a Lebowski social media group. You know, just to. Person inane Lebowski jokes, and uh, a few weeks ago, somebody posted a screenshot of their next door, like their neighborhood, like nextdoor.com account. And the screenshot was a picture of a car that was spray painted like bitch, slut, whore, and had all of the windows bashed out and had clearly just been beat up with like a metal rod or something. And the caption was, this is what happens when dot, dot, yeah. dot. <laughs> and I was like, when you feed ah, a stranger yeah. in the mountains, as they say on cable no, I think TV. it's when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about the Cheryl Crow song, Phil? Yeah, the Cheryl Crow song. So uh, I actually just love Cheryl Crow. So I think all I want to do is a guilty pleasure because it's pretty cheesy and campy. I don't think it's the best song on that record. I mean, I would say that whole record is a guilty pleasure for me. Uh, but I feel like all I want to do is just like, I mean, I think it has many amazing redeeming qualities. But, you know, I could also see why, like, most people would say, like, this is pop trash. I particularly like the lyrics. I particularly like, <laughs> I particularly like how she's talking about Buddy and apropos of nothing. Bill or yeah. Mac or Buddy. Yeah, yeah. I particularly like the lyrics. Apropos of nothing was, was a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. They're just, they're just very... Um... Bad? That the word you're looking no, for? No, no, no. I think I think lazy. They paint, like, no, I think they paint a very vivid picture of a sad alcoholic woman drinking with a sad alcoholic man. Tuesday at noon. Tuesday at noon. And it's yeah. about the le- level of effort you'd expect from a day drinker behind those. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, as we've yeah. been doing, Phil, we we absolve you of your guilt of these songs, and you know we're really okay. just about uh, cleansing ourselves. On, on, all on, except on, for on Rob Thomas is smooth. I, I will not exalt out. <laughs> you will bathe in the waters. Of... Can we just call it okay. the Santana song? Like, can we just? Speaking of uh, stains that can never come out of my mind, <laughs> on to the next song. Nothing's gonna stop us now. By, I'm sorry, I didn't note the bit. Starship. Yes, let's play some of that. Put your hand in my hand, baby. 
who's gonna claim this one? Oh, this is me. This is me, baby. I love this song. <laughs> this song sucks. It's so dumb. I really love it. I cannot give you any logical explanation why I love it besides maybe I used to watch the movie Mannequin on cable, and That's it was in what? it, and I was like, oh, Mannequin was filmed asked, at Woolworths. <laughs> I asked my wife, I said, we were listening to Boy, this, and I said, why do I know every lyric? Why do I know all, like, why do I know, it's not like I have this on a list somewhere. I'm sure I didn't listen to it that much as a kid. It was in Mannequin, yep. which I watched a hundred times as a kid. It was also get, all over the radio. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, right, 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 right. Wait wait a second. Tom, you like this song? I do. I like this song. I legitimately <laughs> like this song. When Grace Slick comes in and she's all old and shitty sounding, she's like, let him see how it is. What do they know? Yeah. I, yeah. That's the I, funniest part of the song. I agree. How the baba? So you drums. were in Jefferson Airplane. What the hell? Didn't this, isn't this the band that morphed? Slowly from Jefferson yes. Airplane to like Jefferson Starship. Starship and then Starship. Yeah. Because they kept losing all original members except for Grace Slick, I think. But uh, yeah. Oh, it like, again, Phil, we had talked about what our criteria was. My criteria was like, the song legit sucks. And I legit uh, like it. Okay. This song sucks. I, I, I took, know. <laughs> yeah, I took it more as like the songs are like a little like embarrassing to admit that you genuinely and deeply are moved by them. Yeah, this is, yeah, I agree. I, my, my, point earlier was like that you would be embarrassed or that like if i suddenly realized my spotify playlist wasn't private the way i think it is i'd be like Ooh, i don't need someone to know that i listened to this smooth like 80 times last week I when, really I, when this it. when this first came on the shuffle of the mix my i was compelled to write down the word wow <laughs> It comes in with those really cheesy 80s drums, it's too. Like, cringeworthy <laughs> drum synth and vocal production. It's really bad. I know. I love it so much. <laughs> okay. Well, those are all the songs we have here. Any any closing comments about, about the guilty nature of this? We've been through all the tunes. It was a fun exercise. I think we should do it again. Merry Christmas to all. Anyone want to add any thoughts? I feel better. I do. I, I feel I, a weight yeah. has been lifted from my shoulders. I have uh, expunged that from my uh, usual bucket of guilt. So thank you all. Yeah, this is a musical uh, exorcism, I feel like. And, and yes. I, feel, I feel better about myself. Yeah, and I can focus on my other neuroses. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, I noticed that you had placed uh, Call Me Maybe on the list. And I, I, I do think that that song is incredibly incredibly catchy and i had an experience with that song where it was it was one of those tunes where like i had heard people talking about it before i had heard it and then i was on a long drive you know like in like the early it would have been the song of the summer but i had never heard it and then i was on a long drive uh i forget where to exactly but it was in the early fall and like this song came on the radio and it just had this like pumping like four on the floor like sense and before the lyrics even came in i was like I am a hundred percent certain this, this is, is the song. Me. This is the song. Like I can just feel it. You know? And it sure as shit was. Okay. I think we're gonna wrap it up here. It's been a long evening for all of us. This was a great fun little bonus episode for y'all. Join us again next week in the regular rotation of albums that we already announced on the last one we're doing. I'm not gonna say anything about that now. We're gonna close it out for 1001 album complaints. If you have guilty pleasures, 
that fit any of our various criteria and you want to email them over to us, we'd love to hear about them. The email address is 1001albumcomplaints at gmail.com. That's the number 1001albumcomplaints at gmail.com. And as we close it out today, I'd just like to say if the world runs out of lovers, we'll still have each other. (laughs) I've been Rob. Adam. I'm Alan. Phil. (laughs) I've been Tom. Boosh. to take it for a runaway train. <laughs>